Welcome. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We shall begin our show now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by We Are Storically Conscious Brand Apparel. Welcome to another episode of Creatives Chat. Hi, I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And today, who do we have on our show? We have a self-master of creation. We have not only someone who is an identity and purpose specialist helping others awaken that creative spark, we have someone who's also the founder of Hope Soldiers, which really is, an, again, an outlet of self-mastery and creation. So I'm super excited to have on Lindsay Arrington today. Right on. Well, I'll be in the back monitoring the show. If I have any questions, I'll come up. In the meantime, let's bring her to the front. So as I said, we have the founder of Hope Soldiers. But not only that, we have quite the political activist and a mom, a creative chat first. So this being, I'm super excited to have on. Lindsay, how's your day going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing as good as we can during these, you know, high energetic times, just trying to really always ground and root myself in, you know, that love, that peace, that truth of, you know, connectivity and oneness. So, you know, the spiritual stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, I get it. Well, I feel like that's one of the things that is very unfortunate for a lot of the kind of misconceptions about like, you know, like spirituality and like your connection with God or source or oneness, whatever you really choose to call it. But I think that's really made all these kind of like tumultuous times going on these, the lockdowns from, you know, to the protest and the riots, it's really made this less of a choppy adventure and more of a, honestly kind of been like riding the wave of the energy um, because of that spiritual mm -hmm. connection. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that other people have not taken this as an opportunity to really mm. plug in and just align themselves with recharging I have definitely just like seen that gets this amount of time and this sort of like break from, you know, the daily mumbo jumbo to be able to just reconnect with like love and peace and, and even, you know, just strengthening relationships with people in mm. your home, like my family, my children, my husband, just being able to like have that time. I didn't ever think I was going to get an opportunity to do that. And, you know, juggling working from home and being a mother and still, you know, supporting people in the community that need help. Um, I've had more peace and strength and energy to be able to do mm. that uh, because really, you know, trying to get the most out of this. 
Yeah. Oh man, that's so important though. Just you, the word that really stuck out to me is being able to utilize that kind of deeper spiritual connection to recharge and to really amplify, you know, your energy for all the activities and, you know, daily commands. I mean, especially, you know, as a mom with multiple children, you know, like that's one of the things that's awesome to see is um, that you two are still being productive and kind of, again, steering the ship with the family in that same mindset and connection. It's cool to see. Like, how have you, how do you feel like this has all impacted um, Hope Soldiers and just like the community that you've been building and spreading um, in like terms of like political awakening to a lot of people? <laughs> well, loaded question. You know, it's interesting. Uh, well, yeah, there, there's, <laughs> there, it's still a little bit the same, right? There's still people who are struggling, um, like with addiction and depression. And that's kind of like, those are my specialty areas of people that I really like to work with. Like I like to, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, really work with people who have issues that typically stem from trauma. Uh, and those are kind of like the main outlets that people choose, you know, when they have unresolved trauma. So I, I still have, you know, about the same amount of people that I'm working with. I think the one difference is, um, sort of in the first month or two of the COVID pandemic, pandemic, plandemic, who knows, (laughs) who knows, but, you know, I think, like, in the beginning, the first few weeks or so, um, there was no access to treatment, and Mm. most of the people that I work with, at least who struggle with substance use or addiction, um, don't have private insurance. And so they have to navigate through the state system in order to be able to access treatment. And because of COVID, everybody shut their doors and they're like, we're not taking any people right now. And slowly they have, you know, started opening back up, but then I have to like try to bring awareness that they're open again. Like I'm kind of the plug. Right. So it, a lot of people aren't making the phone calls themselves. I'm having to relay that information. And so I've got cut off. Um, it's opening back up now. So people are able to get in and get the help that they need. Um, I am seeing a trend of depression, uh, increasing, uh, which, you know, I think addiction and depression go hand in hand. Um, So I'm seeing, I'm seeing an upward trend of that. And, uh, a few weeks ago there were, uh, three or four women who overdosed. And I think three of them out of the four actually didn't make it through over one weekend, um, a few weeks ago. And a couple of them had been in recovery for a while. And so you can just, of imagine, you know, what the isolation and not being able to connect with the recovery community is doing to some of those people, which kind of goes into like a deeper thought process for me where I'm like, why is your recovery plan solely based on the people that you're around? And why have you not figured out 
how to use your own self and your source or your higher power or God to be able to make it through those situations. And I just am seeing a lot of gaps. I'm seeing a lot of Mm. gaps in what people are able to use to be able to recover. And uh, I'm seeing opportunities of where I can plant some seeds. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the most important thing is to get people to really focus on the, the deeper layers of their reality. And it's something that's really unfortunate that our school systems, you know, again, we have such a disconnect and we have such a, we've almost turned, as I see it, you know, we've turned like the Western science, which in truth, people need to recognize is corporate science. You know, most of the studies that make mainstream, we're seeing a ton of studies get redacted lately because of the corporate influences. You know, I learned this firsthand in the pharmaceutical industry, but it's like we, we've created this scientific culture that's based upon corporate greed and power and corruption. And it shifted everyone's really hearts away from the truth within to this external worship and this external idolization. And, you know, and that's one of the problems that I see as well, you know, as again, like a fellow healer, I see it as people that just lack the natural curiosity because they've just dismissed all the the internal signs and knowings that have really been just like slamming in their on their door their entire lives but one thing to really kind of touch base real quick um you touched on it a little bit but for those of the listeners that don't know what is hope soldiers and as one of the reasons why i'm really excited to have you on is because um i see you as a creative in a sense of you know you're teaching others self-creation and that self-mastery, and especially when they're in such a um, a deep and dark place, as you highlighted, you know, the parallels between addiction and depression. I always like to just, you know, put the spotlight on beings that are really kind of like being that, you know, ray of light in the, you know, in those darkest depths that gives people that that lifeline, that love line, that heart line back to back to home. And you know, as you put it, as God, it's you know, it's it's really letting people discover the God within so you can see the God all around, you know, and it's, I don't know. I'm just super stoked because it's one of those things where, you know, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. That's the importance of having that, you know, your own inner knowing of the truth that connects us all. Yeah. So what I can say is in short, um, hope soldiers is kind of, um, it's a mix between an organization and a movement. So there are two aspects of it. One is uh, community outreach and peer support, which is where we are working with individuals and families to help them overcome addiction and depression. Um, Mm. We've got a lengthy list of resources that we have access to, and we're kind of like master networkers to where we've kind of learned how to navigate the state system, the private health insurance system, And we are able to help individualize recovery plans for people where it's unique to them. And it's not just one size fits all, but the model is uh, helping people understand their identity and helping them discover their purpose. And I feel like those things help people heal from trauma and that addiction and mental health issues like depression are really just symptoms of unresolved trauma and brokenness and 
you know, things in need of healing. So there's a lot of things that go into that. Basically, we work with individuals and families to try to help them overcome addiction and depression. But the other part of that, that and bringing that out into the world, and we do that through um, merchandise, uh, and mostly that ends up being the hoodies. Um, I, I happened to be in an MTV documentary with uh, former President Obama and Macklemore, and people who have seen that um, were automatically drawn to the hoodies because it's just like big word hope right across the front. And it is mm. like an anchor for people. I think they're like, that speaks to them. It's like moving to them. And so we've sold thousands of those across the United States, Canada. I've even sold some in England and Australia. Um, that, so it's like a kind of a two part deal. Like the mission is to bring awareness, restore hope, and love people back to life. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like in being able to do that, like we're actually working with people, but we also have like this movement and this presence on social media and in the community to where like hope, like people see that they know where it comes from. They know like who hope soldiers is. And then like the name of it, like if you actually break it down, like what hope soldier is, is basically it's somebody who is, battling, fighting, you know, either addiction or depression out loud and being willing to share their story. So it's, it's a, it's a person who is not anonymous with their recovery, um, who is, you know, willing to speak out about their struggles, their victories, and kind of give other, it's a play on words. It's not a real, like, you know, military soldier, which has, you know, some people have gotten confused. Got to clarify that in today's climate. But it has happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. (laughs) So that's, that's essentially soldiers. I love it. And I think people would highlight that, you know, really just really spoke to my heart because I feel like that's one of the missions that I see as, you know, incredibly important, you know, is love people back to life. It's, it's giving everyone that resource of self-mastery, really. It's just that it's finding that hope within. And I think it's, it comes to a point that, you know, we have to really jump on board with the hope. We have to really be the one who sparks that initial hope within. And then when we find that community and support, it's just that wave in which we ride. And I love it because, you know, and how they treat depression, you know, and different types of essentially more deeper spiritual battles within yourself in other cultures, especially in Africa is, you know, they get you involved in the community. They get you in the sun, you know, they get you experiencing life and really just getting to a point where, you can stop the cycles of rumination. And I think it's so important to have that, that type of inspiration around, especially nowadays when that type of connection is lacking. But then again, like you highlighted it earlier in the green room, like that's the reason for that meditation event is really trying to, to reawaken that fire within people. Because, you know, when you have that many beings collected and intentionally driving that love and that peace and that awakening, those restorative energies all around, 
you know, that just awakens a fire within you that you're not even present of, but it just, you're going to wake up the next morning and be like, Oh, I feel a little lighter. Like, Oh, huh, what's going on? What happened? Yeah. Oh, a meditation event went on yesterday. Oh, a little, it was a prayer event too. What do you mean? You know, <laughs> spread that love, spread that yeah. light. We need it. Right. Well, I don't think, I think people underestimate like how powerful, um, practicing and being intentional about being life giving love giving beings actually mm. is and i had to learn you know years ago i mean i started you know officially doing this in 2013 but i had already been working with friends but you know establishing an actual nonprofit and everything i did that in 2013 and in the beginning years I had to learn painfully, uh, you can't save anybody. You can only love them. You can only love them. You can't save them from themselves. Uh, you can't save them from any impending doom. Um, I mean, you know, maybe in some circumstances you can temporarily, but it's just impossible. And so my mission started to change from like saving lives to making sure that even if we lost somebody, that they at least knew that we loved them. Mm. I don't ever but that I worth to die feeling that they weren't loved. And so that that's really, you know, where I try to um, drive it home for people, I guess. When I talk to families and stuff and they want me to help their kid and I say, I'm going to let you know right now, I can't save them, but uh, we can get pretty close because I'm going to try to love them back to life so that they can save themselves. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's in truth. Like that's the only, you know, we are only responsible for that being called me, myself and I, and we have to will ourselves to really see the need for change, to feel the desire for change and the power of love to just be that mirror and that spotlight to be like, you are worthy of love. You know, that's, that's so important because we live in such a, I feel a, an egoically based world, like a, or a Maya, whatever word you want to choose, you know, like, or even like the word sin, which is just misdirection, misstep, you know, it's like we live in such a pivoted world where so many beings are, we worship the wrong things, you know, we, we value oh, yeah. the wrong things. And I, you know, I, I think I, I, I will say in the theme of hope, I am super hopeful because I'm seeing more and more people idolizing authenticity and truth. And, yes. you know, we're seeing an end of this wacky and wonky and hypocritical, you know, celebrity culture that's just like super woke quote unquote, but yeah. isn't really awakened to the deeper truths that connect us all. Yeah. Ugh. No, it's that fake woke trending thing. Like it's obvious to people. Like I just saw like a GIF the other day, GIF, GIF, whatever. I don't even know how you even say that. Dot J G I F, whatever those are. I saw one of those the other day of a girl having her friend take a picture of her as she stepped off of the curb and into a Black Lives Matter march just so that she could hold a sign and take a picture in her, her outfit. And I was like, if was that speak for, you know, that fake woke trending shit, like, and I don't know what does. 
I mean, I will put it right there with you. Like, I love always going to, you know, like beautiful scenes in nature. Like, you know, you're at the top of a hike, you're, you know, you're at the beach and there's always someone spending at least an hour just trying to take a selfie. And, you know, like I say, you know, as a, as a, as a joke, but I've, I've legitimately seen people spend like at least an hour just working on angles like out in the water just like you know just doing this type of stuff and it's like at what point are you yeah. just going to live and i think that's the the insanity i'm going to say it straight up that's the insanity of the culture you know when you don't have a deeper connection to um what's really in eyes i see in life what is real what is truthful you know those things that don't leave you like how many phones come and go how many you know how many pairs of pants right. come and go but it's like but it's that deeper truth within that never leaves us in life no, exactly. And, and the thing about that is like, you know, people do that for attention, self-seeking purposes, mental health issues. It, there's something missing or broken, or there's a gap somewhere in there for somebody yeah. to feel like they absolutely have to get the perfect picture before they can continue on with life. Now with me, I love to get pictures. I, I want to remember the moments. I want to have that and be able to look back on it and be like, I remember this. But yeah. posting it on the internet for likes, like, I mean, I haven't done that really since MySpace was a thing. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. It's like, I've so much in life that I have, you know, my values have changed and I don't want to waste any yeah. time. We only have to do this once, you know, unless you believe in reincarnation. I, I personally think we only get one shot at this and, <laughs> and that's it, you know? So if, if we're really not living in the moment and we're worried about just like what other people think of the moment that we're in, we're losing. Oh man, I think I see. I think that's one of those interesting things because I myself is a seer uh, of of the wheel. But it's one of those things where, in terms of this life and this experience, we're we're meant to be here and we're meant to really embrace this this time we call now. And I think that's the the um, the falsity and the, really the fallacy of the modern day world is the fact that we worship this world that is based on the surface it has no depth and all the things yeah. that these people are, you know, that we're talking about really, it's just these other forms of addiction, you know, the dopamine yeah. fix of the likes you get the, you get the social peer pressure fix. And again, like imagine being, a, you know, I commend you for being a parent during these times, raising children, because it's like the world that they're growing up in. Like, it's not like when we were all kids when, you know, bullying and things like that, like that stopped at school. It's like, and I don't think people recognize the weight of what the the younger generations are undergoing because let's let's be honest, most of the parents are the ones leading them that they're learning how to people from are just as addicted to these things and using them just as blindly. But it's important to recognize, yeah. like you said, the disconnect with MySpace. It's like, yeah, it's to recognize, you yeah. know, the world is so much more has so much more value than people you rarely talk to and people you rarely think it's about the experience and the, the beings you have in your life, the loves that you have, the, the moments you guys get to share and the, and the times that you get to have learning and growing and exploring this beautiful experience. Cause regardless whether you think it's yeah. going to end or not, it's just the fact that, you know, this is a playground of 
divine expression. And if we really treat it like that, like you said it earlier, um, how you work with like a lot of people with trauma. And that's what I find myself doing as well. Like it's a lot of healing the wounds of the heart, as I like to call it, because, you know, we're all out here tossed in this world and we've had such a shitty model to base what society and what people could bring rather than listening to our heart of just how good it feels to be kind to one another and to, to, to share those commonalities of just like, Hey, you're another person that suffers too. I feel that here's doors yeah. open for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just being kind and cordial and just expressing that compassion. Like, whoo, it's yeah. so necessary. So yeah. Necessary. Well, and it's, it's important because like, then, cause you have the opposite of that, right? Where like, people who are miserable and broken will tend to link up together and cause even more destruction for each other and themselves. And so, you know, acknowledging that you have um, been through some things and, you know, you still carry some of the weight of past pain, but you use it purposefully and you take that pain and turn it into purpose and use it for good and use it to love others and you learn and grow from it. That is the message that needs to be sent really. You know, it's okay to not be okay. Just don't unpack and live there. Let's figure out how we can take this and use this. Anything can be turned into something good. I mean, if you talk about like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I believe in God and I, you know, kind of align with Christian values. I don't consider myself a religious person. Um, I don't think that Jesus did either, honestly. And so I kind of align myself, you know, just kind of follow in Jesus' footsteps. So there's a scripture in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. And it says in Genesis 50, 20, you know, the enemy meant to harm me, but you as in God, you are taking it and using it for my good and the greater good and the saving of many lives. And so that's kind of like this verse that I live by, right? I think about all the things that I've been through and I think about like the evil forces in the world and how, you know, they have no purpose or goal, but to cause destruction. And you are constantly in the middle of good versus evil. And so when you're getting hit by bad, uh, you know, what do you do with it? Do you become crushed by it or what? So that verse reminds me of you can take anything that you've been through and turn it into something good, anything. Mm. And Mm. there, I, I feel like every single person has this path. And in my mind, the way I envision it is like kind of like Candyland, right? So <laughs> the board, and there are, you know, mischievous people over on one side. And then there's like different like prizes that you can pick up along the way and stuff like that. And when you veer off of the path, you end mm. up getting stuck somewhere and then have to like miss a bunch of turns and you waste a bunch of time. I think of life like that. Mm-hmm. So as long as you stay on the path, you continue to receive these blessings that were designed for you from day one. So like, Mm. or you become the person that you were meant to be. And the more you take the things that you have been through and use them for good, the more you become blessed. I'm in this position in life where I almost feel uncomfortable with how blessed I feel right now. Cause I'm like, Mm. 
does this mean that the ball's going to drop soon? Like, should I be expecting like a meteor to come out and just blow this out of the water? Like, or should I just embrace this and enjoy this? And I got this confirmation on my heart recently that was like this message that was like, I am blessing you abundantly so that you can help other people abundantly. And that just really spoke to me because it's been so many years that I've had to overcome and heal and recover from different wounds and things that I'm finally at this place where I kind of feel pretty healed. And I kind of just feel like everything in my life right now is good. I don't really have any stress or issues. And I feel so privileged and like, it's almost like a luxury. And so what am I doing with that? Right. You know, I got to take bad and turn it into good, but what do I do with the good? So I (laughs) just give it away and and use people. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I love it. It's like when you just, you hit the nail on the head, it's when you're at a space now, when you too are healed, Ooh, that's a dangerous soul out in this world. You know, and I think that's the ultimate, that's really the ultimate message as I like to push is kind of like a quote unquote teacher or pointer towards, you know, that deeper truth within is that we all have this capacity to just live this magical experience called life. Yes. And again, like the theme of this episode is clearly hope because I think that's again, that's, sure it, it gives me that hope for the world because there are more healers and light workers out there. So for me, it is so important to like sow into my children who they are and why they're here and that their whole entire purpose is to make a difference and to help and love people and everything else is just a nice bonus. You know what I mean? Like there's more important reasons why we're on this earth. It's not like the American dream where you get a good job, Mm. have a college degree, you have a family, then you retire and you buy a boat and then you die. Like, it's not like that. You're leaving a legacy behind. You don't, you can, your body can die to this earth, but your soul can stay alive. Not, I mean, think about people who don't believe that you have a soul. Even if you argue that and you could say like, we're just human beings, we don't have souls, whatever. Even if that was the case, you still can leave a lifelong eternal impact on people that gets carried on and mm. carried on and carried on. It's either going to be, it's either going to be a bad thing that cycles through generations like addiction, genetics, you know, things like that, or it's going to be a good thing that gets passed on for ages and ages and ages. And that is my goal. I want my children to inherit this innate sense of responsibility to take care of themselves and other people, not in an enabling type of way, but just in a way to where it's like, there's a domino effect. There's a pay it forward type of thing that needs to happen. You need to leave better people better than the way that you found them. And in doing Mm. that spreads hope and it spreads love. And that's the kind of takeover that this world needs. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. And I think 
Lindsay, I'm telling you, that's that really is God's work right there in terms of just in, for the next generations. And it's important because I'm right there with you in terms of putting your stamp and creating your legacy. Like regardless of what you do, I think it's the role of the, you know, the current children now I mean, for each of us, you know, I consider myself a child, you know, like obviously we're always, we're always children in the sense of the grand scheme of things. Right. But yeah. um, it's the role of the child to really end the bad cycles of the parent and establish the new ones that are going to be yes. establishing truth. And I think, again, that's an important thing because you're not playing into the modern day experiment battle. I personally you know, I have 10 years of education experience and it was, some of it was before high school and then some of it was after, you know, after college. And just to see the the difference and the change and the rapid, I would say like the degradation of societal expectations, I guess, you know, of who's raising the child, you know, it shifted from a parent to a technology within, you know, eight years. And yes. again, like you said, you're seeing iPads and you know the kids are just growing up and glued to that like I think we truly are living in a I say terrifying human experiment right now where we're going to have a generation of kids who have grown up addicted literally grown up as since babies like since they could hold an iPad or a phone they've been grown up addicted to that technology like we're going to I think that's one of the things why it's, it's so important that we you know the healing and the groundwork and the, and the foundation that you know I say like fellow light workers, like we're working on and building is because it's like, we're going to be doing and needing a lot of healing in the future when yeah. these kids wake up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the thing is, is like, there's going to be kids out there that are going to just end up being another statistic, right? My yeah. kids, it's not happening with my kids. My kids are going to be the ones that are out there trying the kids that are are struggling with reality <laughs> because all they know how to do is escape from reality because parents are busy. They use technology to babysit their kids and they are completely out of touch with the ideas that kids are getting from social media. I mean, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. I, I have to make sure that even vines that my son watches on YouTube are clean versions because otherwise you've got kids in there that I have to just say, when I look at 21-year-old kids now, it doesn't look like how we looked when we were 21. They look like babies. And so when I see these kids with like alcohol and weed and stuff like that, I'm like, these kids got to only be like 15 or 16 years old, but they're in college. I don't know what the deal is with that, but that's really interesting. So you'll see some of that hmm. stuff in vines. If you don't pick ones that say like clean vines or whatever those videos are. So I have to like yeah. and make sure that my son is picking the clean versions. Otherwise he's seeing that young kids drinking and smoking. And while I know that he's going to eventually anyways, I like to delay it a little bit if I can. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's the, it's the introduction to things too soon. And yes. personally, I know the damage of that because that was one of the biggest things that I had to deal with. And it's, yeah. you know, again, because it's like three older brothers and your eldest is 13 years older than you, you know, and yeah. they're ba you know, you get introduced to things a lot younger. And I think that's the, the experiences and the, I think 
one of the commonalities that we share in the the region in which we kind of grew up, you know, the stomping mm-hmm. grounds up north. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the the culture from what I recognized later in college was decades ahead. Um, I think one of the biggest things, like even at Olympic View, like going and living in things like in middle school and like entering like high school, we were living in a world that was like people didn't experience till college, you know? Yes. And I think yeah. that's something that's incredibly like, I just need to clarify that again, folks, you know, for the listeners is that we grew up in an environment when we had just got into our teenagers, like 11, right? All the way through those fundamental and really transformative years of, you know, the youth through like 18, living in like a college environment with just as much, you know, abundance and negligence. <laughs> like, yes. and I think that's a wild thing to, that I didn't really recognize until a lot later on. But even then I, now I see it as grace because it enabled me to handle so many things differently in life and help so many other people and myself, you know, and just being able to, to see that though, and know that it's kind of going to be like that times a million. Like we're already seeing it with how many youth are committing suicide. Like, yes. mm. No, I, I'm totally with you. And because Mukilteo is kind of an affluent city you know, you've got a lot of money and um, workaholic parents and the disconnect from reality and kids being nannied instead of raised by their own parents or their parents getting divorced. You know, you add all of that in, then you throw the opioid epidemic right on top of it, right in the middle of it. It like it started in like the early 2000s, but it didn't come over here and start really becoming a thing like Oxycontin until... Yeah my junior or senior year of high school. Yeah. So like right before I'm supposed to be an adult going out into the real world and be getting a job and figuring out how to take care of myself. Boom. Here's Oxycontin. Yeah. I mean, I remember like back in the day, like Cody and all these other things were like, even in just middle school, like very popular and just beans back in the day, bean, bean heads. And I think that's something that, even just seeing that run rampant in high school and like late middle school and just seeing yeah. like it impact the community. And I think that's one of the things that's always been funny. Cause it's like, I was like that Everett Muckleteo area. So living at Everett, seeing a lot of the different things there too. And like in Muckleteo for school and seeing the, it really is such a, a melting pot of different communities, at least back then. Now it's, I'm sure it's even more gentrified and pushed back, but it's, it was just so interesting to see the kind of social experiment that we went under as in our youthful and really influential years. And I think it's a testament to show how dangerous this world coming up is really going to be. Cause I think when we look at the parallels of people we grew up with, I mean, think about how many of them just aren't even here. Like even in in coronavirus, I, you know, two people, two classmates died overdose, you know, and yeah it was university classmates but it was still one of those things where it's when you have when you have relations with people and you get to talk to people and you get to know people and know that there was like some really cool uniqueness within them and then it's like oh man you just never got that opportunity to see yourself shine it's heartbreaking yes it is it is people people cut their time short because they're so desperate not to feel um 
you know, mm. and they just don't want to anything. I don't even really think that people get loaded anymore to feel high. I really do believe that they just self-medicate to not have to feel anything at all. And mm. that was my experience with addiction too. So I get that, but yeah. it's sad because I feel bad for the person that I was when I found myself falling into addiction. Like I feel bad for that little girl that just was desperate to not feel bad anymore that I was willing to feel nothing. Mm. So when I got sober and finally found freedom from addiction, I was so desperate to finally feel anything because I'd been numb for so long that I was willing to face fear and anxiety and depression head on. And that was the point that I got to. I was like, okay, I'm either going to die or I'm going to face this and not be afraid of feeling anymore. And so at that mm. point, I was just so desperate to feel better that I did something different. And mm. you know, a few spiritual experiences kind of also prompted me towards that direction as well. I love it. I love it. That's that's so powerful, though, in terms of the the really it's willing to just not to run away from like the not feeling It's just I'm OK with nothing. I yeah. think that's such a. The way I like to interpret that is like it's such a a, a deeper spiritual yearning. And I think, again, that's the the kind of just whackness of the current societal times of destroying that understanding within ourselves and the the right. deeper truths to this world because that feeling for nothingness that feeling for escape because i'm right there with you i mean in terms of my own addictions and in my youth and my reckless years of just a lot of running away from every truth that you know made me uncomfortable and it's that wanting to just be numbed right. and not wanting to react to anything i think that's the the spiritual release is really through embracing it. You know, we don't teach us that where it's like, Hey, you want to let it, you want to, yes. you want to really get through this. You got to confront it head on. It's, you know, and I think that's the, the problem when we lack like a, some type of really ceremony or some type of rite of passage, you know, for teenagers and for the youth. Cause it's like, imagine that how much that would have just changed my perspective on things of, you know, when I was going through this self sulking time to really have to go, go in the woods and think about things for a few days, you know, like be self-sufficient, like, yeah, life's not as bad, but you know, there's a lot of cool things you can embrace, but when you're alone, like you have to find your own inner strength and we don't have that opportunity that forces us anymore. <laughs> Unless we yeah. have a catalyst, like we talked, like you have a catalyst. I had a catalyst with my own, like my own arrest and my own, all those things that stemmed from it. But like, it takes yeah. us to get to that true, like, I guess you, I like to see it almost like as that, because considering our generation, I highlight it to the, the Velcro toys with the ball on your wrist. And until you reach the end of the yeah. string, you know, only then do you come home. You know, you're going to keep right. that journey out going far, farther away from source, farther, farther and farther away from that light and that love. But the moment you're at that peak tension, the moment it's at that max velocity, it's just going to snap back home. And that's the journey. That's the deeper spiritual journey. And then, and then when you hit the the palm, you're like, oh, this is spirit. This is this is God. This is source. This is eternalness. This is interesting, you know. Like, and then it's just the mm -hmm. game again, you know. Then you're just playing, but you know the game. And that's when it's like the signs, the grace, and like the opportunities. Oh, I love yeah. it. 
Love it. I love the word grace. I love how you use that a couple of times because I, I just think it's so important to remember that we can choose to walk in grace, not in the sense of like having grace towards other people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but actually knowing and believing that we are loved, we are forgiven, the mistakes that we've made don't define us. Our brokenness doesn't define us and choosing to live and walk in that grace as imperfect people that still have something to offer because we all have a purpose that I think is really infectious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I vibe with that. I vibe with that. Cause it's, you highlight it. And like, to me, I see it as a hit the nail on the head moment where it's like, we're each that unique spark of this great flame and you know you can really shine your own unique light in this world and dance your dance and it's going to be something beautiful because i think that's something that when you lack the spiritual connection you forget that it's like you have the universe on your side you know to really manifest and and create this world and to spread your love and to spread your shine it's like everything is is rallying behind your corner but it's like what you said earlier are you going to really try to usher in the truth you know are you going to keep kind of praising that falsehood well hello i'm back thank you so much for being on creatives chat i have learned so much too and i have to say that everything that was being batted around like made sense to me i could i could dig i could i could chime in i want to applaud all the work and the effort that you're doing in our community like incredible incredible work there are, are are there any last words you'd like to leave our viewers with because if we could we would like to just keep continuing this all day long i mean this is a phenomenal combo here yeah peter and i could go on for for having me uh, it's it's really been a pleasure uh, i think the only thing that i would say for people is uh don't be so hard on yourself and it can get better um if if you are battling or uh, dealing with anything that's uh challenging this time um to give yourself grace and know that there is hope okay i I, I that just begs a question for me. So before you go, I do have one question. Because typically, <laughs> I come in with a question, right? And so, okay. give yourself grace. Yes, stands out to me because I would. This is where I go. I can give myself grace. I'm expecting it to come from external sources. How does that occur? I think you have to tap into the source of grace to be able to give it to yourself. And what that can look like is knowing that you are forgiven and loved and given grace by the one that controls it all. And so for you to believe that you have more power and judge yourself, it's you're only putting yourself through hell. And so tap into the source and know that grace has been given to you. So take that grace and live in it and give it to yourself. Got it. Now it that. makes sense. Give yourself permission to receive grace. 
And on that note, we're going to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Creatives Chat. <laughs> now, <laughs> at the end of our show, we're going to have more information about our group meditation event. And so stick around. At the end of the credits, there's going to be some more information. Thanks again for tuning in to Creatives Chat. And that concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible.